Looking for a great place to get the word out about your business? Then why not advertise on the Marie Manu Cherry Show? The Marie Manu Cherry Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Manu Cherry Show has a listening audience that ranges from the U.S., Scotland, South Africa, to Australia and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671 to find out more about advertising on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. Rates are reasonable and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial. Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Welcome, everyone, to a live version of the Marie Manu Cherry Show at noon. So we're in Seattle at noon live, normally at 7 p.m., but you will be listening to Girls Husky Basketball if you turn on the radio to KKNW tonight at 7. And we're going to be that way until the end of January and actually also February 12th when we have Catherine Alice who wrote the book, Love Will Find You, will be live at noon. And today we're fortunate enough to have a local author and psychic, Ansley McLeod, on the phone with us. And Ansley lives in Vashon Island. He wrote a wonderful book called The Instruction. And what The Instruction does, it helps you to live the life your soul was intended. So it helps you figure out kind of your purpose in life, uh, actually, really your purpose in life, what soul level you are, what missions you have, what challenges could particularly be in your life path to help you evolve into the being that you are, and some really great ideas about what type of a person you are and where your destiny lies. So, Ansley, welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And you have a lovely accent because you're from Scotland. Is that correct? I'm from Aberdeen originally. Oh, really? I've been around the world, so I I don't know what's happened to my accent. It's not... uh, not the way I started out. <laughs> but did you live in Scotland? Is that where... The... Oh, yeah. I was, I was born and raised there. I was in Scotland until oh. I was 23 and then left college, spent time in London, uh, 15 years there, then moved to the States. So I've been here for uh, almost two decades now. Oh, well, wonderful. And we're so glad you're here in Washington. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Oh, absolutely. Oh. I agree. We're so lucky to live here. And, um, and you know, I just want to talk a little bit about your history as well, because from what I read in the book, um, you, you didn't really know originally that you were a psychic. Is that true? No, I just thought I was weird, strange. <laughs> you know, odd, odd things happened, and I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think I ever once thought when I was growing up that I was psychic. I never, I, the, the whole psychic thing just wasn't on my radar. Right. So I just put these things down to coincidence, or they were unexplained. And and the strange experiences that I had were just uncomfortable. I just really couldn't figure them out. They'd mystify me. And it was years, years later that I figured out, oh, gosh, you know, they were, these were all psychic experiences and, you know, ways of trying to get me to pay attention, I think, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It took me a very long time. It wasn't until about 10 years ago that I really woke up to the fact that I was psychic and I should be doing this. But before that, I I kept running into psychics. Everywhere I went, I'd meet psychics, and they'd tell me I was psychic. 
<laughs> and you and still I'm, wouldn't listen to them? No, <laughs> I thought I knew better. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't feel, you know, at all psychic or what I thought a psychic should feel like. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I, I had a very unusual experience I talk about in the introduction to the book, where I ran into my uncle in a bookstore in Hawaii, which was a bit unusual because he'd been dead for about ten years <laughs> at that point, and he was there just momentarily. I mean, it's not more than a second, but kind of totally three-dimensional and with a message about working with him. And people had said to me, oh, you should be doing this yourself. And, um, and it was only after that experience that I, I sat down and tried doing it and found that I could communicate. Wonderful. And that sort of opened up the, the doors. That's wonderful. So it sounds like most of us are afraid of our destiny or feel uncomfortable about embracing our life path. I think that that's true. I, I really find that some people... Some people like myself, I know that I, the reason I kept running into psychics was I was fascinated about where am I going and, you know, what, I, I kind of wanted to know what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Other people prefer not to, but there are even those who, like me, want, want to know what, what's coming up. There can be a lot of resistance, mm-hmm. there can be a lot of fear about it, because it does involve proactivity and responsibility you know, to really shape your own destiny. That's and, true. And in, in integrity and self-awareness. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so that can be challenging, maintaining those aspects of oneself. Well, you know, there are ways of working on it. I even talk about this at the end of the book, about mm-hmm. how you can, you can tap into what they, they call paths, which are ways of, ways of being. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you really start embodying that, and this, of course, involves, the big thing is really connecting with the spiritual universe or the soul world as my guides like to call it, and working with your spirit guides, mm-hmm. then after a while it becomes automatic. You just mm-hmm. kind of, you, you just act in the right sort of way. You don't have to think, oh, gosh, am I, am I doing the right thing here? It just becomes natural. Part, yeah, natural mm-hmm. part of you. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful feeling, too, you know, that you can have this trust in yourself that you're going to make choices that are healthy for everyone involved, including yourself. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Absolutely. So it's when you start going with the flow. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a wonderful feeling. Mm. And so then you wrote the instruction, was it a couple of years ago that you started writing the, this yeah, book? Yeah, yeah. So I started about uh, four years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Good for you. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And and we met, I think, about a couple years ago um, did, in yes. Seattle a few times, and it was a right. pleasure meeting you. And yeah, here, it was, it was a pleasure because I, I came to hear you talk, and I was I was very impressed. Oh, thank you. It was very sweet of you. Thank you. And now I get to interview you about your wonderful book, The Instruction. And and we do have callers already on the line. And um, before we go to the phone calls or to the lines, uh, you know, you let me know that you're not going to do personal readings on the air, but you will answer general questions and, of course, any questions that people have about the book or whatnot. Right. And so before we get to the phone, so we have soul levels and then mm. and then we have soul identities, if you will. Right. Correct? Yes. These, these are ways, the, a big part of the instruction is really about figuring out who you are and mm-hmm. why you're here. Mm-hmm. So part of this is to understand really how old your soul is, and this is the whole concept of soul ages, which everybody's heard of, you know. In fact, the uh, funny thing is that everybody wants to be an old soul. 
Yeah, and I you... think that's kind of ironic in a world where everybody wants to be young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when and... it comes to soul, it's a different matter. And you and I talked about this briefly, you know, before we went live, because right. I've looked at a lot of people who tell me they're old souls, and I'm like, yeah, I can see that they've lived many lifetimes, but I just feel like they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Right, in and... which case there's no growth. Right. And so it's been confusing to me because, you know, we always have this belief that if you're an old soul, you're really wise. But that doesn't necessarily ring true. No, in my experience, you can be an old soul and you can be riddled with anxiety and fears. One of the things that actually happens when you get to be a very old soul is that you're, you're connecting much more closely to the spiritual universe. And you, you become closer to your soul and therefore closer to your soul's past experiences. Mm. And a lot of past, past life fears will start coming through. So you will have, you know, you would expect an old soul, really old soul to be incredibly confident to have gotten it somehow, but that doesn't really happen. They tend to uh, very often be dealing with some very intense internal issues. That just makes so much sense to me. Um, I've had many clients who bring their children to me who are having really stressed out lives, a lot of challenges in their lives. And they, you know, say, I know my son or my daughter's an old soul and I'm in complete agreement with them, but how they're manifesting their life on the earth plane doesn't fit my old definition of what old, an old soul means. So no. that's very well, you helpful. Can be, you can be an old soul and you can be caught up in what my guides call the illusion. Uh, mm-hmm. The illusion is really the, that sort of physical plane barrier that prevents you from connecting with your soul. Mm. It's the belief that the physical plane is all that, mm. all that exists. Oh. And we all have that to some degree. Right. It's really when you start to, to break through that, you connect with your soul, and much more about manifesting who you are. Right. So when it comes to soul age, if you're an old soul, you will tend to, you know, if you get to be an older soul, you've learned about the folly of war, for example. So old souls tend to be against war. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know it solves nothing. Mm-hmm. And you look at old souls, you know, um, I talk about very significant old souls in the book, like Gandhi or Martin Luther King right. or John Lennon. Even you know these were, you know these were people who were very pro peace. You know, an old soul will will never approve of execution and that sort of thing. There's a, an innate sense that uh, it's not right to take another life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the strongest markers. Of an old soul. Yeah. Oh, that and uh, one interesting one is that as the soul ages, it tends to uh, recognize uh, the difference, really, between spirituality and religion. Mm. So old souls tend to be on a much more spiritual rather than religious path. Mm. It's not to say that you can't have both, mm-hmm. um, but you can, they certainly recognize you can have either or. And an old soul is always, always going to plump for the uh, more spiritual path. Right. So is there nine ages, then? Is there are ten, ten, ten ages in all. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there are a way of each each level could have many lifetimes, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it has a different focus. You know, so when you're a very young soul, I mean, say you're level three or four, well, you've got very different lessons to learn than if you're a level nine or ten soul. And and you're saying that you can have many lifetimes within that level. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's just so fascinating. And there's a kind of you kind of go up a level. In the once you've learned everything connected with that, with, with the focus of that level, then you kind of it's like you go up the level, which happens on a on the astral plane between lifetimes. Right, right. So there's a lot of growth in the physical plane, but that actual sort of shifting from one level to another will happen between lives, and you come back, and then you're 
you're up there at the next stage. Well, that actually helps me to understand a question I've had because I've looked at individuals and some, you know, even if they have have lived a, a fairly productive life, let's say, in the evolution of their being, mm-hmm. at the moment of their death, if they have a lot of challenges or, you know, a, a, a huge amount of self-ridicule, especially if their death involved shame, it, I feel like they almost, it's like the time that they spent on earth, they, they didn't get to proceed to that expanded level, if you will, that one moment or several days or whatever it was seemed to kind of propel them into a, a state of unsureness uh, about right. who they are. Right, and it's actually when you when you cross over to the other side that I'm sure you've heard of the past life review. I don't really go into mm-hmm. this in the book much, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it's definitely at that point that you you experience the life and you see it from a very different perspective. So it's not just about your view of what happens, but Everyone's you, you view. From it. Yeah, everyone mm-hmm. you ever affected. So that's where the real growth comes in. Oh, that's just... So, and even the most negative life, and actually even the most dull, boring life can have a lot of growth associated with it. Oh, well, that's... Lessons in, in, in so many experiences. That is good to know. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone out there who's worried that your life isn't exciting and you think it's so boring, you could be doing phenomenal work that will help you to excel into a different level um, for your next life. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And that depends really as well on on who you are, the kind of soul that you have chosen. You actually choose your personality before you come here. Wow. And that's why we're all different. Mm. And you also choose missions, which are experiences that you want to have. So it's actually more about the, the growth happens when you're closely following these elements of your life plan. The, mm. the, the life plan is the kind of outline for the, the life that your soul creates while it's still on the astral plane before you even come here, before you're born. Right. Right. That beautiful blueprint yeah. that we work yeah. so hard to create before we come here. Which is fascinating because it's, it's the complexity is just mind-boggling. You know, in my sessions, I've gone into this for years, and it just it blows me away. Um, but there's, there can be such complexity of agreements and arrangements that you have with other souls, experiences that you're going to have, yet you still have free will. Wow. And it's very much set up so that you, you know, you make your own decisions. You right. have free will. Which is the beauty of existence, I think, um, the free will, and what makes it so interesting and creative and unique and unusual. Right. Yeah. I talk uh, in the book <clears throat> about somebody who came to see me who was in a really bad relationship. And, uh, and I, could, I could see that she, she was being you know, very badly abused by her husband and um, and she was agreeing, you know, things were absolutely horrendous, but she felt that there was some kind of lesson. She was sticking with in this abusive relationship for, for some cosmic lesson. And in fact, uh, the lesson was really about if you're in a negative experience like that, you want to get get the hell out. That's, right. the, that's the lesson. Right. You know, your soul doesn't want to, you know, stick around and be, you know, be, be stuck in, in a, you know, abusive marriage or whatever. Just, just, just so for the heck of it. Yeah. <laughs> it wants to, it's learning about... <laughs> positive aspects of this about, you know, taking control of your life and right. and uh, getting over the, the challenge. That's where the real growth is. I agree completely. And that's sometimes the hard hardest thing to get, that our job is not to suffer. Mm, um, but, not. Yeah, to find the joy within ourselves and, and the joys within the world and create within them. Yeah, you know? souls are very happy creatures and uh, very, very um, sociable. And you know, so souls don't want to, they want to go through life being miserable. And there is a, you know, there's a kind of, kind of myth that somehow we grow through 
you know, you, you grow through all the happy stuff, I think, probably very much faster. I agree completely. I absolutely agree. And now there's, so there's the the ages, and then there's levels, different soul levels, or types. Yeah, soul types, yeah, right. which are, it's a way of looking at your personality. Mm-hmm. And these are interesting. They're they're kind of like archetypes. The, the way it was presented to me was um, related to the function in the tribe. When oh. There was a point where our species got a kind of elevated soul. It's what they call stage three soul. And it's a way of, um, you, you get this additional consciousness. And that's what really allowed us to go on and become this species that we, we are, you know, creating you know, techn- technological marvels and so on. Um, that wasn't possible before with the stage two soul that we had, that kind of thing you would see in dogs, cats, mm. horses, chimps, and so on. Mm. And so we were able to sort of achieve so much more. One of the things that we noticed when we first, this was about 55,000 years ago, and one of the first things we noticed was that we had different um, strengths and weaknesses. You know, some, somebody made a good leader, somebody else was good at nurturing children, mm-hmm. someone else might be drawn to... Um, cave painting or, you know, the artistic pursuit. And those soul types are still with us. And by looking at a person's soul type and the influences, there are usually there are several influences that will modify the, the core soul type. You can tell, tell volumes about who a person really is and a great deal about the kind of uh, focus of the life. You know, if somebody is a creator type, for example, and they were a, might have been a cave painter in the tribe, in this life, well, they'd be drawn to creative pursuits. And you'll also get the traits that are associated with, with that type. So creative people, creator type, would, would tend to have a great deal of sensitivity mm-hmm. and, and idealism. And these are very positive traits. Unfortunately, we live in a, in a society, in a world that doesn't necessarily value those things and, right. or, or encourage them. Right. The problem is a lot of sensitive, creative people get told that they're too sensitive. Right. You know, they, get, they hear that it's a flaw. Right. And by really understanding who you are and that, that you are that kind of person, you can get a lot of confidence, a lot of strength from just saying, well, you know, heck, this is just the way I am. And, uh, and, and see these aspects of who you are, not as character flaws, but actually a strength. Yes, positive attributes. Right, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. know, and every, every, every type is different, you know. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't necessarily want that creator type to turn up your, at your door if there's a fire in your house. You know, you want a, <laughs> you want you the want fireman. A, you want a hunter type. You know, <laughs> the, the, the kind of person who was good at hunting back in the in the tribe. You know, somebody who's uh, focused, physical, um, will get the job done. So you know, the, different activities attract different kinds of souls. And so, by understanding your your soul type, it, it really helps to direct people in the sort of direction. It's not just about the eight hours that you spend in the middle of the day doing your job. This is about other activities as well. Mm-hmm. And it helps enormously in relationships too. Mm. If you know who you are, then it becomes a lot easier to find somebody who will support and nurture the kind of person that you are. Which will definitely be one of my questions. I wrote that down about partnership and levels and types and all mm-hmm. of those things. But why don't we go ahead and, um, Eric, um, go to the phone lines and let someone... Some of our callers ask Ansley some questions. All right, very good. Let's uh, talk to Lynn in Mexico. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Um, 
I'm an animal communicator. Oh, great. And I have a feeling that I have guides that are helping me. You, you do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. And um, would any of them be animal guides, or are they just spirit form uh, human-type guides? Well, that's that's a great question. Animal communication is uh, it's it's just one of the very many different ways that we use our psychic abilities. But there's um, you know there's a, there's a bit of a myth that if you're psychic, you're psychic. But there's also actually so many different ways that you can be psychic. I mean, some people are clairvoyant, some are clairaudient, some pick up to be the sense things, and we also have different focus. You know, what I do is, for example, is helping people understand who they are, why they're, why they're here. You're, you're doing animal communication. Somebody else might be able to find missing children. We all have a, you know, diff- a different focus, different ways that you can use this. Somebody else might use it for healing. Uh, right. When you have communication like this, what's happening is that your spirit guides are channeling information to you. They are, they are guides who would have been uh, human in their in their line, so you're not, you know, you're not you're not getting it um, so much from Rusty the dog as you are from somebody, even somebody you might have known in in this life or a previous lifetime who's working on your behalf. So it's a it's really that there's an agreement that between you and your spirit guides, and you're following your soul's direction, that this is what you're going to do, and then <clears throat> they work to make it really to make it happen and to make you good at it. So if you feel drawn to animal communication, you find that you're good at it, it's a sign that you're being very much supported, and that support is coming from, from your spirit guides. It means that they're really working with you to, to, to do this. Okay. Does that answer that? Yeah. So, um, okay, and, and what, what's the best way to communicate with them? If they're communicating with me when I'm communicating with the animal, do I need to know their names or...? <laughs> It's, it's actually not essential. What I think is the most important thing is to, before you, before you start any communication, make sure that you take a few moments to engage your spirit guides. Tell them that you want to work with them. That, you, know, you may even say, okay, I'm about to start working with this animal. You might even describe the animal. That, they can see it, but it, it kind of helps to focus. And then, and then go into it. And what, what you'll find is that if you formally uh, bring in your spirit guides, it will make a very, very big difference. Um, okay. You'll, you'll feel a, an increased uh, sense of their presence. And then, and how do then, I address them? Just spirit guides. That's what I do. Just just okay. spirit guides, and that's all they want to be be called. So you don't uh, have to worry about good ones or bad ones. Yes, uh, I would say ask for ask for protection. I always ask for I I ask for my spirit guides acting in my highest interest. I ask them to protect me while I channel, and that way you. Make sure that you're not hooking up to negative astral plane entities. Because, okay. You know, somebody once said to me when I had a run-in in my early days with a negative astral plane spirit, they said, "Don't forget, there are jerks on this plane and there are jerks on the next." <laughs> <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're you're talking to somebody who's elevated and not, um, you know, not somebody's drunk uncle. <laughs> and, okay. and don't worry about names because. It's more important that you call in your spirit guides and ask them to sort it out. Yeah. The, the, the problem can sometimes be people like to have the, 
the name so they can identify the guide, and then they call in that same guide who may not be appropriate for everything that you're doing. Mm. So oh, better let okay. them choose. Mm. That's a really good point. And go with go with your gut feeling always, you know, because the communication is it can come across in very many different ways, like I was saying. But it's just that that sense of this being right, you know, the intuitive gut feeling. That's uh, that should be what you're looking for all the time. Great. Thank you so much, Lynn, for Thank calling you. in. We hope it's okay. a beautiful day in Mexico. Yeah, good luck. It with. is. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank Bye-bye. you. All right, let's go on to our next caller. We've got Stephanie calling from Seattle. Hi, hi Stephanie. Hi, Marie. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? Uh, hi. Hi, Angley. Um, I have a question, and it might be too specific, Um but I'm going to go ahead and ask anyway. I'm um, 41, and I've been writing and editing for about 20 years, and I'm considering going into nursing. And I'm not sure if this is a good move for me or not. Okay. That is a little too specific because I'm not in my kind of psychic reading mode mm-hmm. when I do this. Yeah. Also, if you've ever had a session with me... <laughs> You know, I'm actually a on a waiting dead. list. Oh, you for you. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, you will find out that there's usually a little bit of um, dead air while I do this. It doesn't make for very good radio. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm clear audience, so it's like for me, it's like reading thoughts, and I have to sort of stop and listen, and mm-hmm. pay attention to what my guides are saying, and then mm-hmm. report back. So, mm-hmm. um, what I would say is that a way to figure out if this is the right path on your own is to um, sit down and visualize your future with your spirit guides. Okay. Mm. And, and that's the way it's like going into a meditation, bringing your spirit guides in and telling them you want to you want to see your life in maybe five years or, or ten years' time. And mm-hmm. then they'll give you they'll give you images or give you a sense of, of what's coming up. Another useful thing is to look at what you wanted to be when you were a kid. What was the kind of focus? What were your interests? I mean, did okay. you did you ever think about nursing when you were when you were little? I did. And uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that that would be significant. The other thing is that as an old soul, um, and you have a there's a spiritualist influence in there somewhere, and I I'm not sure where, but I, um, you definitely got that in there, and that suggests the desire. Uh, I'm sure you recognize this, but an underlying desire to make a difference yeah. in the world, mm-hmm. to do something that has a higher purpose. And you're probably not finding this through through the work that you're doing now. No. So that will often draw older souls, particularly get to get to an age um, like this, and there's a feeling of like, okay, what am I going to do for the rest of my life or this next part of my life? And mm-hmm. that sense that you want it to be meaningful, that mm-hmm. it has a, has a higher purpose, and that people directly benefit from what you're doing. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I think that's that's very, very significant. So um, are we having a session soon? <laughs> we need to talk. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Mm. So I, yeah. I, w- I would really um, try, try to go into the future with your spirit guides and, and really connect with that. Okay. Think yourself 10 years from now. Do you want to be writing and editing or do you want to be nursing? 
or healing. Yeah. Healing. I want to yeah. be healing. And, yeah. and like you said, making a difference yeah, in people. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, um, the nursing is beautiful. Of course, I've done that before. But, you know, I see more of a holistic, mo- you know, modalities or thought process, pr- processes that's for you. So significant mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the way that my spirit guides tend to see it is that, you know, if you're drawn to this kind of work, consider yourself a healer. It really opens up your, your potential. Beautiful. And what I see is I, I have a lot of clients who are doctors and, and healers and not just focusing on one modality. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Even the most scientifically trained doctors are, are doing interesting stuff with alternative healing as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. A lot of old souls are, are really opening up to that. So thinking of yourself as a healer in that broadest sense will really help too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've, I've thought about that, thought about incorporating, like Marie said, holistic modalities. Mm-hmm. It just seems like nursing is a good place to start, and then there's so many other things that you can learn in addition Absolutely. to that. And, you know, using, using your hands, healing hands, you know, mm-hmm. the Reiki and that sort of thing is always very mm-hmm. useful to explore. The other thing you should really ask yourself is what, what excites you? You know, what, what will get you up in the morning? Because that's it's a very simple question, but people say, well, how do I know when I'm following my soul's direction? Well, does it excite you? Does it motivate you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to, is this what you want to say you're doing in, in 10 years' time or 20 years' time? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for calling in. And I'm looking forward to, I mean, I won't, of course, be present when you have your reading with Ansley, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. Um, well, I'm for looking you. forward to it too, Stephanie. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you both. Hope it's soon. Have a wonderful day. You Bye. too. Okay, bye-bye. All right, now we're going to move on to our next caller. We've got Lauren on the line, and Lauren's calling from California. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, Well, now that I heard the previous listener or caller, it's a little similar, but... um, she kind of had an idea of what she'd like to do. I'm actually feeling somewhat directionless. Mm. Um, do you have any um, recommendations on how people who feel kind of like they're looking for their purpose should proceed? Uh, you certainly. Um, you should start by buying my book mm-hmm. and reading oh, it. Oh yes, mm-hmm. as soon as I hang up, <laughs> <laughs> I'm off okay. to border. That was a that was a shameless plug for my book. But no, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I'm quite serious. I think that I think that would really help. And mm-hmm. and it's the, the better you understand yourself, you know, what you'll get from reading the book, you 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 will read about a soul type or a mission or various other elements, mm-hmm. and you'll get a sense. Of especially if you work with your spirit guides and don't just do it intellectually, that you'll get a sense of, of resonance, resonance with certain certain aspects. And once you, you put this all together and you figure out you're this kind of a person, you're here for this purpose, then it becomes very much easier to figure out the kind of activities that, that's going to satisfy you. Mm-hmm. One other thing that I find is that for a lot of people who feel that they have no purpose in their life, this will often come up in a session that my spirit guides will talk about going out and doing what they call spiritual acts, which are those things you do that help people who are less fortunate than yourself. Now, it could be volunteering for a couple of hours a week, or it could be, you know, really thinking about a career change that, you know, where you where you work for charity or something like that. But when somebody benefits from, 
from what you're doing, that can give you so much fulfillment. Now, I'm not saying this specifically for you. It's just like a, a general ob- observation. But when you help other people, what you're doing is you're energetically, you're projecting love, and it's reciprocal. So the love is reflected right back at you. So then you, it's, it's why uh, giving feels so good, you know, why, why, we, why we enjoy giving. And uh, it's the same principle. So that's something definitely to think about. Again, uh, what I said to Stephanie would, would apply the... <laughs> the, the process of looking into the future or working with your guide. I think that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea. It's wonderful. Also, there's something my guides, an expression they use when they give me something, they'll repeat a word three times. It's like putting exclamation marks behind hmm. the word, and they'll say, plan, plan, plan. Hmm. You know, like really think about this. You know, I, I quote them in my book. They, they, they said that most people spend more time planning their Thanksgiving dinner than they do planning their life. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so have, a, have a real good... Think. And again, anything you do like that, work with your spirit guide. I should have okay. said just on the subject of guides that everybody's got them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't all know that we've got them and we don't all use them. But they have nothing to do but guide. It's their job. It's right. their purpose. So you, it's, it's useful just to get into a, a regular dialogue and just put stuff out there, see what you get back. You can ask questions, literally ask them out aloud. And then so how did... Hmm? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't work with my spirit guides. How does the information come back to you? The information will most most often come back to you. It it will come back as uh, a gut feeling, like I was talking before. You know, you just feel that something is right. That's why it's kind of useful. Uh, I talk a little bit about this in the book about when you're communicating with your guides, giving them clear yes no questions. And that way you can get like a positive or, or, or negative response, and that will help to direct you. It takes okay. a bit of practice, but it's, uh, you know, a lot of people sit there waiting for a voice in their ear or something huge visually happening mm-hmm. like a video screen. But it, it tends to be more likely you're going to get a very subtle emotional feeling, that gut feeling, and that's you know, what to pay attention to. Wonderful. But the most important thing here is just, you know, taking the time. Meditation. Meditation is the key. I hear this from my spirit guides over and over and over again. They talk about meditation being the key um, to everything spiritual. Getting into that that altered state, it makes it so much easier to pick up on on um, what you, you know, to actually listen to, to get what they're trying to give you. Wonderful. And thank you so much, Lauren, for calling in. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. Thank you for your help. I appreciate it. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and take a break here on the Marie Manucherry Show, and we will be right back with Ansley McLeod, the author of The Instruction. Marie is excited to announce that beginning in February, she'll be teaching her Wednesday evening classes from a new location, the Marriott Redmond Town Center. This hotel is conveniently located in the Redmond Town Center just off 520 in Redmond. The hotel offers plenty of free parking, spacious new meeting rooms, and since it's located in the town center, it's surrounded by a variety of great restaurant choices. The perfect location to meet up with friends before heading to one of Marie's classes. 
Visit energyintuitive.com for a complete list of classes and directions to the new hotel. Living Music Radio, high vibe music and talk. Treat yourself to Living Music Radio with Janet, Narion, and special guests. Living Music Radio, high vibe music and talk. It's all about the magic of music and sound. Mm. With all that's going on these days, there's a real need for positive, uplifting music and radio. Living Music Radio. Living Music Radio. For showtimes, go to livingmusicradio.com. Looking for a great place to get the word out about your business? Then why not advertise on the Marie Manu Cherry Show? The Marie Manu Cherry Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Manu Cherry Show has a listening audience that ranges from the U.S., Scotland, South Africa, to Australia and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671 to find out more about advertising on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. Rates are reasonable, and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial. Spread the word. Your favorite shows are on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back with the Marie Manu Cherry Show. I am live in Seattle at noon. We will be preempted this evening due to Huskies Women Basketball. Go Huskies, we hope you win. And just an update, I will be teaching a class on the east side, residence in uh, Marriott, on February 7th. It's a Saturday. It's an all-day um, long course. It's from 10 to 5. It's called Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life. A lot of fun. One of my favorite classes to teach. I taught an intro, intro to this class at East West Books about two weeks ago. And I just want to thank everyone who um, came to the Marriott in Seattle last night for the class that I talk about being positive when everything seems like it isn't. And I had so much fun. I had a wonderful time. So thanking everyone who dropped by and allowed me to let your life story be part of the teaching process, because uh, sometimes that can be challenging, but I truly appreciate it. And today on the Marie Manu Cherry Show, we are talking with Ainsley McLeod. He is the author of The Instruction, and he's been answering callers' questions and giving us information about his book. And this book is about living the life your soul intended. So it's about discovering information about your soul and your life purpose. And Ainsley, I had a, qu- a couple questions. Mm-hmm. One had to do with partnership. So, you know, is it best to have people who are on the same level and type as you are or is that is it unique or how does that generally work yeah well good question uh what what i find generally is that like attracts like at mm. least as far as soul age goes hmm. so that that's where you see the world through the same same lenses mm. it tends to be you know if you're if you're certain level you're going to you know share your views share political and social opinions mm. and it becomes a little bit uh, smoother now I, every so often I'll run into an old soul all, all my clients are old souls I've never Aww. had a young soul client because yes. they're not they're not drawn to to this kind of work so I see I see everyone from well mostly from about level seven up to wow up to ten but mostly mostly eight nine and ten that's amazing. Well, yeah, it, it makes sense that it would be, you know, because of that increased interest in spirituality and understanding your life in this sort of way. Wow. But I certainly learn about younger souls through the spouses and um, 
and the, the, the children of, of younger souls. I have uh, one person in my mind who was married to a, a much younger soul. I mean, like, very much younger. And uh, it was kind of interesting because even just knowing that that person's soul age, I was able just to sort of throw out so many um, observations about mm. this person, about the, you know, the kind of you know, TV shows he'd enjoy watching, the kind of activities, and, and so on. Uh, they had a huge gulf, and it eventually split them up. Mm. But I also, uh, a few years before, I met somebody with uh, very similar difference, same, the same kind of gulf, and, and they made it work. But it was really with an understanding that there wasn't going to be the same uh, level of intimacy. But this older soul had had chosen a younger soul who was much more sort of ambitious. And, and in fact, he was the one who went out to work and allowed her to uh, dabble and explore this more sort of spiritual life. He couldn't get it. She she didn't want his life. But it somehow worked out. Wow. But that's not for everyone. You know, if, if you're if you're wanting more intimacy, well. The most intimacy comes from finding someone who's around about the same soul age and who is somebody who you've had shared past life experiences with. Mm. And that's where often when you meet somebody and you feel, gosh, you know, familiarity or I've met this person before, that's mm. the sign of a soulmate. Wow. And that doesn't mean that, you know, every relationship has to be a soulmate. You can actually, one of the things about soulmates is you can sometimes get a bit jaded with, you know, it can be feel a feeling of like just almost too much comfort and it can sometimes be a little more exciting to have somebody you've never met in any lifetime before wow in your life so there's there's no simple answer it's really uh it's different for everybody but i'm i'm most used to seeing because i help people with looking at the children a lot and I'm, I'm just most used to seeing that you know mother and father roughly the same soul age you know maybe you know an, an eight and a nine together and the kids being somewhere between seven and nine, seven and ten. So that you know, rather than seeing a level <coughs> nine parent with a, a level one or two child. Mm. But wow. the, what does happen is the other way around is that I will see very old souls with quite young parents. Mm. And the reason for that is that a lot of a lot of young souls uh, young souls will choose to have an old soul in their life to help to elevate their consciousness. Oh right. Nice. pushes them on a little bit. Right. But unfortunately, it can also lead to huge differences, and the the older soul will tend to sort of want to flee the nest if right. they're old enough. Move thousands of miles away. <laughs> oh, that, absolutely. <laughs> Literally, that's what, what tends to happen. Right. So we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. Who do we have, Eric? Well, right now we've got Cheryl on the line calling from Des Moines, and that would be Washington, I think. Not, <laughs> yeah, from, from Washington. Not Iowa. Yeah. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. Um, I had a question. Uh, it's actually kind of similar to the last two about um, whether I should be changing directions in, in uh, my career. I'm actually just finding out that I may end up getting laid off. Okay. And so what next? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is one where... It, it's a it's, it's a little specific, and I'd have to be reading you to to get a good sense of you know who you are, where where you are, where where you've been guided to go. Uh, in the meantime, you know what uh, what my guides would talk about is being being proactive. You know, if you're getting a sense that 
there's going to be some shift coming up. Well, don't don't just wait until it happens, but uh, you know, get get out there and start start exploring. It's unfortunate that the 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 way the economy is is forcing a lot of change on people that's not actually part of their life plan. You know, it's not what not what they came here to do. And in fact, um, uh, what one thing that I came across this morning with a client um, was that she had a soulmate all lined up. I hadn't actually met the guy yet, but in fact, he left the area due to due to uh, unemployment. And and so something that was very clearly in her life plan has has shifted because of outside forces. Mm. So this is a it's a very difficult time for for souls of all ages with what's going on in the economy. Mm-hmm. So as far as far as changing direction and figuring out really what you want to do with your life. Again, everything that I said would apply. Really work with your guides, get into that meditative state, and really try and see your uh, your life a few years from now. I usually choose something like five years or ten years and see where you are, see if the location's different. Uh, one thing, if you if you do this visualization, you can you can pick up a lot of details about your life just from a, there. There'll often be a few clues that you can pick up. Uh, a few years ago, I did this with somebody who had questions about whether she was going to live in the city or in the mountains. And she was able to go into this place, see a room, and then go to the window and see mountains, which kind of answered the location question. Mm. And then there was a question about you know, having a family. And so the next time she went into this on her own, she, she started seeing toys on the floor and mm. just, just different clues about the kind of life that she was going to be having a few years in the future. So it's it's very telling. You can certainly learn learn a lot. And the other thing again applies. You know, what did you want to be when you were a kid? You know, what was the kind of thing that motivated you? Because that's often um, when you're younger, you're much more connected right. to your soul. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And the good part part could be Cheryl that if you don't like the job you have, you know, now you can use some of the manifesting techniques and you know do the visionary exercises that Ansley is talking about and maybe create something that is more aligned with your personality and your desires. Yeah, there are parts of this job I like, but I don't like the political part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and that, you know, that's an interesting one because I come across this with people who are, they're actually in the right career, they're just in the wrong job mm. or they have the wrong people around them. Mm. And sometimes they get the feeling, of, you know, I'm in a completely wrong place, but in fact, if they just got a different boss, everything would be fine. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl, for calling in. Yeah, thank you, Cheryl. Thanks. Good luck. Thank you. All right, thanks. Bye. And I was going to ask you another question, Ansley. So can you skip a level? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> you, can, you have to do the work. <laughs> dang. <laughs> well, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can actually speed up the process. Oh, you can? Really? Oh, yeah. You can, you, you can speed up the process mm-hmm. by really connecting with your soul's core values. And mm-hmm. these are the, the paths that I talk about mm-hmm. um, later in the book. And that, that, that will sort of aid your, your evolution in mm-hmm. one life. And mm-hmm. if you were just able to have that awareness the next time around, you, you, could, you could really do it. But no, we all... What I find is that most people have... Well, I'm, I'm not looking necessarily at the end of their life, but I would be looking at level 9 or 10 souls with... 100, 110 lifetimes, perhaps. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of experience. And it's just by doing that that you really embody, um, you kind of embody the experience itself. And 
that's what makes you who you are. If you skip it, you're not going to really enjoy it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, what's the average amount of lifetimes do you think that people have on Earth, or is there an average? There, there is something like a, a hundred and somewhere like 110, 120. It, it depends. Hmm. And and then we can occupy other time space realities as well. Oh, that's that's a whole uh, whole other other subject. Yes, your soul can be in different places. Right actually. at the same time. Yes, and yeah. and it's a it's a fascinating area because your soul can be in it could be in half a dozen different places, not in any way, and none of them none of those places lesser than you are right at this moment. Wow! Wow! And so you can. And it makes it interesting when you come to doing past lives that you can sometimes have past lives, past lives that overlap or, or happen simultaneously. And they really are genuine. They did happen to you. Wow. It's just that your soul was in two different places at the, at the one time. So if, if we're having multiple lifetimes at one time, which I believe that that is true as well, and we're all doing that, can there be aspects of ourselves that we're having relationships with people here in this lifetime that we're having in other lifetimes as well? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. It would work that same way. You, you, you could... Uh, the same kind of soulmates could be in a with another aspect of yourself. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's so. And you can also get a you can get a, a kind of bleed through. Now this is really interesting right. because I I was asked this question. Somebody emailed me this question last week, and I talked to my spirit guides, and they went into a lot of detail about how this how this works. And they said to me, "Why do you think you keep dreaming of Paris?" And I mm. thought, "Well, that's absolutely true. I, I I dream of Paris, but there's there's a." My soul is also in Paris. Wow. Oh, that's just amazing. That's phenomenal. And and so every so often I'll have actually very emotional feeling. Sometimes a a dream and sometimes I'll be thinking about Paris and and get very strong emotional connection. There's there's an interesting aspect to that, which is that sometimes people will visit a place where they already are. Wow. And they will get a connection with that place. And sometimes they say, "Oh gosh, you know, I'd love to live here. I want, you know, I feel like so connected. I want to be here." But in fact, you don't need to do that. That's not actually where you're being guided to go. It's because of that resonance you're getting from a part of you already. Right, because you are living there. You're taking you up residence. Oh, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. We have one more caller. All right, let's talk to Athena now. Hello, Athena. Hi, Marie. Uh, Hi, Athena. Hey, How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm so excited. <laughs> Ainsley, um, I read your book this last summer, and it was amazing. It was I was meant to read it. It was very helpful, so thank you for that. Well, that's great. No, my, my pleasure. Um, and speaking of being, living in different parts of the world, I have to have conscious awareness of that. Mm. But um, I've had, this lifetime, It's recently I've been clearing up past life traumas. Yeah. A lot of that's been coming up for me. And I've had the rug pulled out from under me as a result of it, and it's very challenging. Completion. A lifetime. Well, that, it, it's, uh, you know, working on past life can be absolutely traumatic because you, you can get so emotionally connected to the life, and that's actually how you overcome the, mm-hmm. the issues, the fears that come from a, a previous lifetime, mm-hmm. is to emotionally connect. But mm-hmm. to do that, can be, it can be almost like reliving it is. the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've had this happen a few times where I, what I'll do is I, I don't regress people as much as I go, I go into a past life because I'm already in the zone, so I will go into somebody's past life and give them elements 
that they will be able to take away and then work on in their own time. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that I say to somebody, okay, I'm going to start working in your past life, and they will start feeling the emotions <laughs> even before I start talking about it. Right. People will burst into tears. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very emotional experience. And what your soul's doing is experiencing the emotions a little bit ahead of you. Uh, it's a little bit of precognition there. Exactly. And then you yeah. find that, you know, so many past lives, and the reason they stick out is that something awful has happened. You know, we're, and the past life fears that I identify in the book as 10 past life fears, they are, um, they, they are common experiences uh, like betrayal or um, powerlessness. And the way I look at it is that, yeah, if you've got betrayal in your, in, in your life, and that'll be an issue where you react very strongly if somebody's disloyal to you, um, sometimes cutting people out of your life, it'll be a very big deal. And it's because your soul has died as a result of it. So mm-hmm. what's really happening is you, you have that experience and your soul is going, oh my gosh, remember what happened the last time somebody betrayed yep. us? We, we ended up dying. We were executed or mm-hmm. something like that. So you get these very strong experiences. And unfortunately, what, I have, what, what happens with so many past lives that I look at, they end up in execution, torture, dismemberment, horrible poverty, imprisonment it's 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 just it's it's very sad and it's a it's a reminder of the of our inhumanity um to each other and the cruelty that exists but the positive thing about this is that you can actually use the negative experiences in a positive way that if you've if you've had a very negative experience in a past life and you're very connected to it you can take that and say well i'm not going to you know i i know what it's like to be unfairly imprisoned so maybe you'll join Amnesty International in this life and help people who are in that position, or it'll motivate you to help people. Uh-huh. I had uh, talking to somebody a few weeks ago who had been raped in a previous lifetime, and she turns out she works um, for a rape crisis center in this in this life. Mm-hmm. There's a very direct, direct correlation between what happened in the past and, what, mm-hmm. yeah. and what's going on in the present. But the most motivation to help people comes from her own experience. Sure. And that's what I've been doing. I mean, yeah. this, the past life recall and uh, regression work I've been doing has been—it's been going on for about 20 years, and I have uh, been helping others uh, throughout that entire process. But oh, then, that's in, great. but then in so, helping others, I—I I became a hero, and uh, I was a hero. But then I lost everything as a result of it, and just went through more trauma. So, mm. yeah. Then I have also been guided to have a reading from you, and I'd like to know how I can get in contact with you. I'm, Great I'm, question. How can people get a hold of you, Ensley? Uh, just go to my website, uh, which is soul-world.com, yeah. and you know, there will be a link there that will, will take you through. Wonderful, wonderful. And thank you so much, Athena, for calling in. And, yeah, and thank you, Athena. Good luck with your exploration. Absolutely. Resolving those past lives, pains, and wounds. And thank you so much, Ansley, for calling. Our hour has already gone by. That went fast. Didn't I it? know. It's like 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like I didn't get to all my questions. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll just have to come back sometime. I would love it if you came back. In fact, we'll do that. We'll have Karen, you know, contact your office and figure out a time when you can come back on the air and talk to us more about souls and life purpose. It. Thank you so much. Have well, an absolutely so wonderful much, day. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show, and I will be live next week at noon. Joyful blessings.